Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. All right, let's see how much weirder it's going to get. No, no, no. You have to stop re- you have to stop this. Secret series by Sudan and Spot. Book 5, chapter 5. Mm-hmm. Book 5, chapter 5. Page five. page page 5. Okay, mm-hmm. 44. Page 41. Chapter 5, Field Trip. Max Ernest had spent the entire bus ride in the Natural History Museum trying to figure out trying out mummy jokes for his graduation speech. The opportunity to make a speech was an honor bestowed on him as a bookworm of as bookworm of the year, winner of the book a day reading challenge. Oh my gosh, he read a book a day. She made Christmas. Um, book a day reading challenge. I thought a book a week was really good. A book a day. Sometimes these kids like are so smart. We do a book a day. No, we don't. We only read every day. We don't. At school. No, I think he means like this, like a book. A book. That's crazy. Oh my gosh, I would have no life. Um, a book-a-day reading challenge. Also, there was the fact that nobody else had volunteered. <laughs> so we automatically won. By the time they neared their destinations, his friends were brainstorming ways to silence him. Maybe we'll find some loose mummy bandages and we can gag him with them, said Yo-Yoji, who, as usual, had the entire seat to... <sighs> Who had the entire seat to himself and was comfortably reclining in his with his long legs up, <clears throat> showing off his orange sneakers. Cass, sitting with with Max Ernest on the seat opposite Yoyoji, shook her head. Nah, we'll just tell jokes with his hands. Don't forget, he knows sign language. Max Ernest nodded cheerfully. How many mummies does it take to change a light bulb? He sighed, mouthing the words. Okay, so we tie his wrists together, so Yo-Yoji, said Yo-Yoji, ignoring him. Ah, forget it, Kaz said. He'll just tap Morse code with his foot. No, it's because he won't stop talking, and they're like, oh my god, Max, please, five minutes. Max Ernest started tapping on the floor. None. They live in eternal darkness. Then we'll bury him in... A scarfagus? Yo-Yoji persisted. Cass shook her head with our luck. The earthquake will push him to the surface. And then he'll jump up and tell some dumb jokes about zombies. Like this one, said Max Ernest, grinning. Do zombies eat hamburgers with their fingers? See what I mean? No, they eat fingers. They eat their fingers separately. The plump boy who called himself Glob leaned over the seat and front of max Ernest, dude zombies tell better jokes than you do and i bet they give better graduation speeches too leave him alone man said the boy sitting next to glob his voice muffled by the dreadlocks covering his face daniel not danielle daniel not danielle zombies are cool they kick my butt no they're not they're exclusive category you know they're not a mutually exclusive category you know said max Ernest. Zombies equal dead bodies that come back to life. Mummies equal dead bodies. Ergo, mummies that come back to life equals. Silence, please. It was Miss Johnson standing up near the front of the bus. Our friends shrank in their seats. Although 
they were no longer quite as scared as their principal. As one as they once had been, she still held the power to suspend them or even prevent them from graduating middle school. Actually, a principal or a teacher can't not make you graduate if you do all of your work, just so you know. In California, anyways. I don't know how it is in other states. Okay. Thank you, said Miss Johnson, holding her turquoise blue hat as the bus lurched to a stop in front of the old brick museum. Let's start practicing our museum voices now. Remember, a museum is not a zoo. It is a place for quiet contemplation and reflection. Unwrapped, real mummies, dusty tombs, ancient curses, walking dead, from King Tut Tut to Boris Karloff, mummies have captured our imagination, yet they are not just creatures of fantasy haunting us haunting us on late night television and the streets of Halloween. They are specimens of the world, real people of the past whose bodies have been preserved so that we may study them today. What were their lives like? How did they die? What secrets do they hold in their ancient hands? Join us as these voyagers from the past take us on a journey across time. Special thanks to Egyptian Supreme Court for an- of Antiques, exhibition, ex- exhibition made possible by a generation grant from Solar Zero, LLC. Contrary to what Mrs. Johnson's assertion, the museum was quite loud. The marble floor vaulted and vaulted ceilings magnified the kids' every footstep and a lot of other sounds besides besides the ones at the museum. Would it be closed to the public for another two hours? And me, oh, Most of the museum would be closed to the public for another two hours, and the museum staff are using time to repair exhibits and take inventory. It can be startling to hear soft-spoken curators shouting instructions or grave-faced museum guards joking with each other, but it certainly gave the museum makes the museum livelier. If you never vid- visited a museum when it's closed, I recommend it. That's when the museum really comes to life. That special behind-the-scenes tour that had been arranged by Daniel, not Danielle's father, Dr. Albert Nefetto, who happened to be the chief of curator of the mummy exhibit. Dr. Nefetto, also known as Albert in 3D, <clears throat> as Albert in 3D, reference to his three degrees, one in archaeology, one in anthropology, and one in Egyptology, greeted him next to the eight-foot-tall stone scarfingus that stood just inside the entrance, drafting, dwarfing anyone who passed by. Hi, everybody. Welcome to chaos. We're doing a little rearranging before the afternoon rush. The Nigerian-born professor had dreadlocks like his son, but at the moment they were tied back under an old camouflage-patterned sun hat that looked as though it had been to the desert and back more than once. He wore a shirt, a t-shirt that says, Archaeology, dig it. And he ushered his guests to the exhibit as if they were entering an excavation of buried ruins. Watch your back, he warned. The mummies most likely won't attack, but museum workers have been known to shoot poison darts. Just kidding. I think he's joking, obviously. As if on cue, a student bumped into the ladder and loose power and a loose power cord fell down and Miss Johnson shrieked. Her students giggled. So what is a mummy? Albert 3D asked the 
rhetorically beckoning last few stragglers inside. Simple. A nanny and a mummy is any dead body whose tissue has been preserved beyond the usual time. In this exhibit, we have naturally occurring mummies as well as man-made ones. Mummies create, created in caves and sand and icebergs and even in the case of the bog mummies underwater. There are specimens from Peru, Chile, Greenland, Norway, and of course, ancient Egypt. And then mm, there I wonder are, why ancient Egypt. Yeah, mm. I know. And then there are always animal mummies. Mm. The first room exhibit was large and gray with a few doors and fewer windows. It looked like a tomb, a strange futuristic tomb in which mummies were confined to protective glasses to protective glass. On the walls were big backlit photos of archaeologists on the of archaeologists archaeological digs in ancient burial grounds that cast a ghostly fluorescent glow on the faces of the students. The students fell silent as they got their first look at the mummies on display. While the bog mummies were hardly more substantial than, the ra- than rags, others looked strong enough to stand. Some were wrapped in the familiar linen bandages, others in sheets. Some were naked, others were wearing an elaborate jeweled garment. Some had hair, some were bald, some were sitting up, some were laying down. One was curled in a ball and the other was slumped over. A few students had to look away and take deep breaths. The mummies of of unwrapped real mummies were all together and they were more real than they had imagined. Yoyoji shook his head. Ridiculous, man. Max Ernest nodded unnecessarily. Ridiculous was a word that Yoyoji had been using often lately, but as with many words that he adopted, you didn't know if he meant positive or negative or negative sense or in some other sense comprehensively. Only the, to those fluent in the language of cool. I'll tell. I'll let you look around, and then we'll talk in a few minutes," said Albert 3D. "Unless someone has a question right now, I do," said Glob. "Is it true that people fart after they die? And if a mummy farts, will it stink of a thousand? Will it stink a thousand years later when his coffin's opened?" His classmates tittered. Um, I doubt it," said Albert. "3D answered. Obviously, the smell would dissipate long before then. But you're right about dead bodies." In the Mayan mythology, the god of the underworld was called Sizen, meaning striking one. While the rest of their class laughed. Oh, stinking one. That's funny. While the rest of their class laughed, Cass slipped the abyss ring onto her finger. It was a bit foolish of her to wear the ring in public. She knew, but holding the little piece of ancient Egypt in her hand gave her a sense of confidence. A confidence seeing the abyss next to the hieroglyphs in the exhibit would be hurt, would be, would jog her memory. Today, she was determined to identify the remaining hieroglyphs of the secret. Her backpack, as usual, had everything she might need. Magnifying glass, check. Hidden camera, check. Molding wax for taking impressions, check. Brush for dusting specimens, check. Armed like an archaeologist in the field, Cass looked in every place that she may have might conceivably find a hieroglyph. While the other students casually checked the exhibit, she methodically studied the tomb's painting and copied the spells of the Book of the Dead. She examined the decorations of the funeral masks and the carving on the stone sarcophagi. 
She inspected the tiny Shabti figures who were supposed to serve the Egyptian nobles in the afterlife, and the strange finger-shaped amulets meant to seal the, the wounds per, and protect the dead. And yet, as far as she could tell, none of the hieroglyphs that she saw resembled the hieroglyphs in the secret. What is that? Aww. Then again, perhaps the sketch in her notes in the book were incorrect. There was no way to know. Her confidence began, was beginning to crumble. She stood holding her notebook open in her hands and staring at a bowl of natron, the, nature, the natural salt that's found in desert lakes and what was used by Egyptians to dry out bodies. Before they were mummified, she could, you could, before they were, wait, Egyptians to dry out their bodies before they were mummified. You could mummify a body by using normal table salt? She wondered idly. Maybe she would try it on herself. If she didn't figure out the secret soon, she might as well be mummified. As she turned away, Max Ernest crept up behind her, reached around, and tapped her shoulder. She spun around, snapping her notebook shut. What? Oh. She rolled her eyes when she saw Max Ernest standing there, grinning at his little practical joke. That is so not funny. Did you see the abyss, mummies? Uh-huh. Max Ernest eyes, eyed the book in her hands. Is that what you have in your notes about? Wait, is that where you have your notes about it? Shush, Cass whispered sharply. If you're so worried about people knowing, are you, sh if you're so worried about people knowing, are you sure you'd be, you should be wearing that ring? Asked Max Ernest. Cass's ears flared red. Why don't you go think of more jokes for your graduation speak or speech or something? Max Ernest watched her in consternation as she moved on to another display. Have you ever wondered what mummy skin has felt like? Touch here to find out. It was an interactive wall display containing swatches of leather, plastic, and other materials. She touched a few of the swatches and made a face. What's up with her, asked Yoyoji? Max Ernest shrugged. You know, Cass, although Yoyoji was a fellow Turkish society member, it was Cass's business to tell him, or not, about the last development in her search for the secret. In truth be told, Max Ernest didn't want to talk much about it. He was beginning to wish that she'd never found the papyrus in the first place. Yoyoji squinted. Is that a ring on her finger? You've, I've, I've never seen you wear a ring before. He, at, he looked askance at Max Ernest. You didn't give it to her, did you? What? No. Why were, you, why were you planning on asking her to marry you? Were you, planning, were you planning on asking her to marry you? Said Max Ernest, recovering. Very funny. Yoyoji glanced at Cass again. It was almost as if he didn't like the idea of somebody else giving her a ring. Aw, I think Yoyoji has a crush on Cass. I think Amber was right. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Let's see. How many pages is the next one? And what time is it? Hmm... It's, well, maybe we have time. Let's do one more.